Hello, and welcome to Life Lessons from a Total Failure, the podcast, a show that shares stories from passionate people living life on their own terms, and one that reminds us how life's failures and struggles are just the plot twists needed in our own personal stories to help us get to where we were meant to be. I'm your host, MJ Doherty. New Year's resolutions. Love to hate them, right? I know what you're thinking. It's already mid-January. Why are you talking about resolutions now? Most people have probably already blown them off anyway. Well, I know lots of people are anti-resolutions, but I'm not one of those people. I think any time that calls for us to think about what we want and to make ourselves better is nothing to scoff at. I don't believe, however, that we have to wait for a certain day to do them. And if you've already let those resolutions go, I'm here to remind you that you can restart your efforts at any point. This is my first podcast of the new year, and I think my guest this week is such a person to get you off on the right foot, because he is someone who made a resolution to himself when he was ready for it, and has let the resolution melt into a permanent way of life. But before we get the interview started, I wanted to share with you my resolutions, and yes, I have a few. My first one, and one that I actually am pretty excited about, is what I decided to call office hours. I decided I needed to limit my screen time. So before 9 a.m. and after 7 p.m., I've been staying off email and social media, and I try to keep my phone at arm's length. It was actually really hard for the first week, and that kind of freaked me out. I couldn't even go a couple hours without looking at my phone. When I realized this, I felt even more of a need to break this habit. So I'm going to try to keep going and focus more on my real life and less on my virtual one. The second thing is to continue doing those things I love, like singing and acting, and this podcast, of course. I plan on making sure I spend some time doing all of those things at least once a week, because those are the things I really love to do. The third, and actually one of the most important for me, is to notice and appreciate the little things that make me happy. Whether it's a beautiful, sunny Los Angeles day, hanging out with Pete and Piper, or being the recipient of a genuine smile and a hello from a stranger. I want to be dialed in onto those things that make me feel good, and I want to make sure I acknowledge it. So, those are my resolutions. Now, knowing me, you might be surprised I didn't say to lose weight. Well, duh. Obviously, that's always on my mind. But losing weight is only a part of it anymore for me. You know, it's really about being healthy. And that's why I'm really excited to have my guest today. Not only did he lose over 200 pounds in 14 months, but he figured out how to take a personal resolution and make it reality. He is a walking, talking example of what can be done with hard work and dedication. He has changed his life and is now doing the same for others. So I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome, Adam Karapetian. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. So you have had this tremendous journey and you have inspired a ton of people through your weight loss and your whole weight journey. And it's something that, you know, so many people in this country we, we deal with and, and so many people deal with in general. Um, but before we go into all of that, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, all that jazz. So we, we know who Adam is. Okay, great. Well, I was born and raised in LA. Uh, my parents are from Armenia and, um, I moved around a bit, bit here and there, but generally I've been in the LA area. Wow, you are a born and raised LA person. I think you're the first one I've ever met. <laughs> I, you know, if, if you're not from LA and you're listening, no one is from LA. So this is this is fascinating. Born I've and raised that, in LA. Yes, <laughs> that's great. Okay, so um, you're born and raised in LA. What was your career path? What were you doing? Uh, my career path, it kind of uh, fluctuated. I never really was a hundred percent certain what I wanted to do, but eventually I got into marketing, which I did for many, many years. Okay, so it's not like you're an actor or, or a model or, or a singer or any of those things. No, you I, was, I was searching for a career path. And right. Moved around a bit here and there, and then I found marketing, which is what I did for many years. 
Okay. So, um, grew up in LA doing marketing and, um, what was like, what was a day in the life of Adam? Well, a day in the life of Adam was basically sitting in front of the computer, staring at the screen for about 14, 16 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so is that work or pleasure or both? That was work, but work was life. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. And so you've been, you started doing marketing when you were in your early twenties or when, when did that start? Um, probably mid twenties. Okay. I actually, uh, I owned a limousine company a long time Interesting. ago. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And um, I actually got all of my business through online marketing. And I started getting really good at it. Uh, recession came in, Uber came, all that stuff happened. Right. Uh, kind of put a damper on it a little bit, but I realized I was so good at getting uh, search engine traffic that I learned a little bit more about it, got certified, and then became a marketing person after that. Fascinating. Yeah. You're going to have to tell me how to do that because I'm really bad at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a skill. That is definitely a skill. I definitely have a talent uh, for it. Well, that's awesome. So, you know, obviously you're here and what we're, I'm excited to talk to you about is this weight loss journey that you've had. So did you, were you always someone who had, you know, weight issues? Did you carry extra weight as a kid or is this something that developed when you were working behind a computer? This has happened my whole life. Okay. When I was a kid, I was struggled with weight issues. Absolutely. I didn't really know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. um, when I was 15, I remember I came to terms with the fact that I need to lose weight. Right. And I didn't really know much about nutrition. I knew that I probably needed to eat healthy, but what was healthy? Right. I mean, I was a 15-year-old kid. You know, yeah. I didn't really know that much about that stuff. But um, one summer, I had a lot of extra time on my hands. And I decided that I was going to ride my bike every single day. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a gym membership or much money. Right. So, but I did realize, hey, riding my bike is exercise. I could probably lose weight doing that. Yeah. So I did that and I didn't have much money. But at the time, um, McDonald's had these salad McShakers. Right. And, I remember those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I figured salad, probably healthier than other things I could eat. Is that a Big Mac? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so of course. I'd have grilled chicken instead of fried. I kind of figured fried was bad. Right. You know, and you I the basics. I didn't like croutons, which was a good thing. Right. You know, and I used fat free dressing because oh. I figured fat was bad. And actually, I lost a lot of weight. I right. lost 50 pounds. Oh, wow. And I went from being kind of chubby to uh, decently thin. You know, like okay. I was actually on my lower half of the body was really ripped because right. <laughs> I rode bike every single day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at 15, you had 50 pounds to lose, which that's significant. I mean, yeah. I think of myself at 15 as being really overweight, but I was really probably 15 pounds, 20 pounds overweight. Um, so you got rid of that weight at 15 and then you kept it off. I kept it off for a while. Um, actually, when I was uh, 18, I also went to the gym and had a trainer. I had a little bit more money at those working more and uh, had some play money to spare. So I yeah. bought a trainer and uh, it actually was working out really well. I, I got a six pack and I had biceps and I was like the best shape I had been, you know, that part of my life. Right. Um, then some stuff came up in my life. I had uh, a little bit of a tragedy. The house I lived in burned up in flames for some oh. kind of like electrical thing. I, I love happened. how you say that's a little bit of a tragedy. Yeah. That is traumatic and dramatic. Yeah, Most people, traumatic. I think that would knock them down. I mean, that's intense. Yeah. I mean, I, I lost a lot. I also lost a lot of my, um, you know, valuables or, or things that I had throughout my life, sentimental things. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a dog there that, that, that died that I was really attached to. Oh and, my God. That yeah. Okay, that's very dramatic. <laughs> you it, don't need to downplay that one. That's it, extremely dramatic. It displaced me for a while, moving from place to place. And, you know, honestly, at that time, I just started taking comfort in food again because it's something I had learned while I was a 
a child yeah. uh, taking comfort in food. Of course. Especially in my culture, it's pretty um, it's pretty common to just eat, you know, something that's unhealthy and then be happy afterwards, you know, right. like the mothers and, and family will bring you food and then offer you more and offer you more and <laughs> yeah, and you're expected to eat it. And then afterwards it's always desserts and things like that. Of course. Now, so are people in your family, do they run heavy or are they? Yes. Okay. So this is a family thing. Pretty much everybody in my family. Oh, okay. All right. So this is interesting, you know, because sometimes you have the, the lone wolf that will gain weight. Like, you know, my family, everybody's pretty skinny. Oh, no. And I'm the big guy, um, which was always so weird. But so for you, this was, it was almost okay and normal for you to have weight because it was what you, it was part of the family norm. Normal, yes, definitely. My father died of heart disease, and oh, wow. I have um, almost all of my family is significantly overweight. Okay. And if not, they're at least a little bit overweight. Right. Um, and that's just, you know, that's how it is. And my metabolism definitely is not what it should be. Right. Um, a lot of people can eat generally healthy and maintain a thin figure, right? Yeah. Um, or they could eat whatever they want. Some people have that kind of metabolism. Right. We well, hate them. <laughs> I hate them. For me, it's more like I have to eat healthy like I'd say 90% of the time Yeah. in order to keep where I'm at. Right. And where you're at is amazing from where you were. So when did you start gaining the weight back and, and how did that all happen? Um, well, it was somewhat gradual from when that um, fire happened. Right. I would say at first it was like 10 or 15 pounds that I gained. And I looked at that as, ah, it's only 10 or 15 pounds. Right. Then I gained another 10 or 15 pounds. And it's like, oh, you know, I can lose that. And <laughs> Oh, I get it. <laughs> it was more like I'd wake up every morning um, after the fire. And I thought I was in some kind of a bad dream. I was like, I can't even believe this happened. And I didn't know what to do. I went and had tacos or something, you know, and right. I felt better afterwards. Of course. Because that's what food does. I mean, it, um, you know, it, it, it releases serotonin. It um, naturally comforts you. Yeah. And besides from the fact that it's proven that our processed wheats and processed grains and sugars, they trigger the same centers of the brain that cocaine does. It it literally can be addictive. Yeah. And and then you have, like you said, your culture where it, food is so ingrained and I'm, I'm Irish Catholic and, you know, my grandmother wouldn't let you, you couldn't even say hello or sit down before she was shoving food in your face. <laughs> and, and it was also used as a reward for me. Like my whole life, you know, it was like, oh, well, if you're good, I'll take you to McDonald's or, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So it becomes this pick me up when you feel really down in the dumps and it's very hard to break away from that. So yeah, you're feeling bad. You want to go have a couple tacos because you know, at least in that moment you feel a little soothed. Absolutely. That's, that's basically what happened. And then it just added up and added up till you got to what? I got to about a hundred pounds over what I was. Right. And then I lost a little bit, gained a little bit more than I lost, lost some more. I'd say I was yo-yoing around um, if I gained the 100 pounds, I lost 50, gained 60, lost 40. Story of gained my life. 50. I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's up and, that and down happened, all the time. That happened for a while, uh, mainly because I didn't integrate it into a lifestyle. Yeah. It was more like, hey, here's this crash diet. Let me try it. Right. 
eat avocados for a year or, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> just avocados every day. Nothing else. <laughs> just, just an example. I actually, actually would love to do that. Believe, believe it or not, I did that one time. Really? For a week, I ate nothing but avocados and I lost 20 pounds. Oh, wow. I didn't know why. But it's because I was putting my body into ketosis. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. Now I know that. Now you know that. <laughs> I've done the master cleanse, the the lemon cayenne pepper water thing for 10 days, and I've lost 40, I lost th- almost 40 pounds on it at yep. my heaviest. I also was lightheaded, could barely walk, and then, you know, the weight came back on. Yeah. But uh, it's amazing what we'll put ourselves through, uh, you know, instead of just learning how to make it a part of your lifestyle. It's because everyone wants a quick fix. They want to push a button or do something for a week or two that will, you know, uh, yield a great result. Right. But nobody really wants to go the long haul, you know. And there's social aspects to eating, too. You oh, have friends and family, events, birthdays. You're expected to eat. And not only are you expected, but if you don't, people are offended. Yeah. I get that because, you know, someone makes you, you go over to someone's house for dinner and they make this great dinner or dessert and it's rude to say, I don't want it. Or I, you know, I really can't eat that because I'm trying to watch what I eat. And and people, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, it's just one thing. It's fine. Like, you know, you have to try it. And it's, that's really intense. But yeah, people want a quick fix. But I think also for a lot of people, it's so much more than just the diet. It's more about the whole aspect of learning why you do what you do, why you're doing this, what are the triggers, you know, learning how to change it. It's it's daunting. It's exhausting. You know, I've gained so much weight um, after I had trauma number 712. And of course I gained the weight. I know why I gained the weight. It's annoying that I did it, but I know I did it and I know I'll get it off. But I know that it's going to happen when I get my all the ducks in a row for me and I have to work to get there all the time. So what's really great about you and your story is it seems like at one point you finally just said, it's time. I'm doing this. I'm going to make this part of my life. Absolutely. And I realized that I had to do it the right way. And in order to do it the right way, I had to be in the right setting. Yeah. So I did what a lot of people either, you know, uh, have a trouble doing or can't do because it's really impossible. But I distanced myself from anyone that was a negative source of energy. Right. And what I mean by that is like, let's say you decide you want to change your lifestyle and be healthy, lose 100 pounds. But the people around you are not excited or happy. And this is really a negative force because um, they are not in that with you. They're, they're actually going to be working against you. Right. So you're going to tell them, hey, I want to lose 100 pounds. They're going to be like, hey, let's go have some cheesecake. So that's that's a problem. And people don't realize how much of a problem it really is because they think, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. Right. But then the time comes and that gets in the way. So I actually distanced myself from people that were like that. And it was hard. It, there were difficult choices because I was close to a lot of them. Yeah. You know, and it's like, how do you really distance yourself to someone you've been close to for years? But at the end of the day, if the only time they're willing to spend time with you is at, you know, pizza and wings. Right then you have to make that decision. You know, it's it's something I, I compare eating disorders to addictions all the time, especially like alcoholics. You know, alcoholics say that they lose so many friends when they say we're not going to the bar anymore. You know, they have to make the decision to know it is not good for me to go to that bar, so I'm not going to go. And by doing that, they lose so much of their their social life and, and even family because this is what they're doing. And if you're not going to be a part of it, then they're going to move on without you. But sometimes that's really okay. And not only is it okay, it's probably better for you. 
And you know, that might be the short-term effect for that, but in the long uh, grand scheme of things, I actually gained more friends than I lost. Right. Um, you know, being healthy, um, living a healthy lifestyle, you'll meet people that feel the same way. And yeah, and they'll understand. Absolutely. And they'll understand the importance of it. And, you know, when you're really trying to get yourself together and really trying to work on you, the best thing is to be around people who feel the same way because Definitely. They, they, they're giving to you to help you get to that point instead of taking away. Definitely. So what was your highest weight that you were at? My very highest weight was 400 pounds. 400 pounds and you're 5'10". Yes. So what size waist were you? Uh, close to 60, 58, something like that. Wow. I didn't even know they went that high. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. You'll appreciate this for from one yo-yo dieter to a former yo-yo dieter. You know how those people that buy clothes and they say, oh, I've had my, these pants for 10 years? Like, that blows my mind. Like, remember, like, I'm a different size every other week. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you go to, I go to the closet. I'm like, okay, we I have everything from 36 to 44. Like, what am I today? And that, that's been my, my life and my existence. So, and it's something I, I work towards eradicating. But so you were up into the upper 50s, 60s. And then a year later, you were down to what? Uh, 14 months later, I actually got down to size 32. 32. Was my lowest, yeah. And you had, I mean, you full on abs, ripped. That's incredible. That's 14 months. Yep. Okay, you decided, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this lifestyle. I'm going to get my act together. You kind of eliminate the people in your life that are going to bring you down. And, and then what? Well, I decided I was going to be all in. So I did everything by the book. You know, it wasn't just about a crash diet. It wasn't just about this or that. It was everything. It was, uh, I had to transform my life completely, mentally, physically. Um, I had to start eating correctly. And at first, I wasn't really sure what that is. But um, I ended up going on um, like healthy lifestyle meal programs, things like that at first. I spent some time researching about nutrition and learning what I can do. I really dove into it, to be honest. I yeah. mean, for uh, many, many weeks and months, I spent hours every day really like diving into nutrition and learning about it. Um, and I hired a personal trainer. I actually had uh, training five days a week Wow! when I first started. Um, and um, that, that had, was... That, that had was, been hard. Yeah, than hard. it definitely was. And there's always that awkwardness of being 400 pounds and walking into a gym. Well, I was going to bring this up. I think my biggest roadblock is I have gym phobia. I mean, just the walking into a gym to me makes my heart palpitate. It's so overwhelming. And especially in Los Angeles where it's like actor model everywhere and they're just perfect. And then here you come like waddling in. It's like, hey, guys, here I am. Um, it's it's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming experience. I'm not going to lie. I was always the biggest person there. Yeah. Every single time. And um, it might be because other people my size w did not want to put themselves in that position. Right. But I knew it had to be done. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was... At my heaviest, I couldn't even hardly walk. I couldn't walk a single block. I had a handicap pass so that I could park close because I couldn't make it there without having to stop and rest. Just in a parking lot. Can you imagine that? Like, oh my God. And you yeah. were 30. Yeah. Like early 30s. Yeah. That's intense. I think the most important part of this story is that you recognized this wasn't going to help you have a long, healthy life. Absolutely. And, and you took control of it. And I mean, if you're in your early 30s and you can't walk across a parking lot, 
how do you think you're going to do it at 60? You're probably not. That's and that's scary. And was that a big motivator for you? Like knowing that you want to have a long, healthy life? Honestly, it was a full gambit of things that came together all at once. It was that I could hardly walk. It was that my health was declining. It was that the doctor was pointing out all of these things that were wrong with me. Cholesterol, fatty uh, liver, uh, prediabetes, uh, just you name it. I had it back in knee issues, you know, the whole shebang. And uh, then there was my social life, my personal life. I mean, try and be in a relationship when you're 400 pounds. You don't. Most people don't, right? Or if you do, it's not going to be the kind that you really want. Right. It's certainly not going to be as fulfilling as it can be when you're comfortable in your own skin and you're able to, well, move. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, not, not to put this podcast in a different direction, but, you know, it definitely hinders certain things in a relationship. Absolutely. All right. So... You get your trainer, you're doing your homework, and you start losing the weight. There had to have been many times that you were exhausted and you hated this. But at some point, you must have seen the results and thought, this is good. When did it start to click for you? And, and when did you start feeling like, this? I'm on the right path here? Honestly, pretty soon. Because most people will dive into this little bit at a time. Like some people will start and they'll be like, well, I'm going to cut out sugar, you know? Or, well, I'm going to start walking. They'll take it step by step. And either they'll stop or they'll keep moving, you know, in that direction. But I kind of did it all at once. I mean, I went from eating large portions very frequently, as much as I wanted, anything I wanted, sugars, no problem. I, you know, <laughs> I did it all. And I went from that to drinking water and unsweetened tea, you know, and eating nothing but healthy food, timed, portioned. Right. Um, all at once. The first week I lost 20 pounds. And I know that some of that was definitely water and waste, but I lost 20 pounds. 20 pounds is 20 pounds. Yes. <laughs> and that's And amazing. when I saw the 20 pounds, I thought to myself, well, maybe my scale is broken. So I went and I tried a different scale. And yes, I was 20 pounds thinner. So that was definitely encouraging. So I yeah. repeated what I did week two and I lost like seven more pounds. And I, it started to taper off, but it was still pretty fast. I mean, yeah. I was losing an average of five pounds a week for quite some time. Right. That's how I managed to lose 200 pounds in the 14 months. Eventually, you'll get to the point where you're losing what's considered a more normal weight loss, which is like... One to two pounds a week, or they say, whatever. I'd say one to three. Okay. You know, you, you can definitely, like, if you're uh, pretty good about exercising and eating, you know, perfectly, you can definitely lose three. Right. Um, but and yeah, I mean, the heavier you the, are... Two to two and a half was pretty average at, at some point. Okay, because, I mean, the heavier you are, the more you have to lose. But as you start to lose, as you start to get lower in numbers that ratio goes down also. You also have more water to lose the heavier you are as well. Right. So there's that aspect as well. But man, there's nothing better than when you're working hard and you got a scale and you see that you lost 20 pounds in a week. You're like, woohoo, let's do this. <laughs> Absolutely. And the more I saw myself lose, the more I thought to myself, well, shit, maybe I can do this. Yeah. You know, because it was always kind of a daunting thing to look at, 200 pounds. So what I would do is I'd set up little goals for myself. Like, you know, I want to lose this amount of weight in this amount of time. So I take it step by step instead of looking at the whole big picture, which was 200 pounds. Gosh, how am I going to do that? It's going to take me years and years and years. Yes, I had those thoughts going through my head. But I would say, let's back it up here. Why don't I lose 30 pounds in X period of time? And I was beating all of those goals um, unexpectedly. But <laughs> Does it, um, And you must have been it must have been really building your self-confidence also. Oh, definitely. My self-confidence was highly boosted from that. 
Yeah, I mean, when you set out to do something so daunting and you're succeeding so well, you're seeing results, it's got to make you feel better. Oh, yeah. Even the way you carry yourself and walk around. I mean, when I was 400 pounds, I didn't really want people to see me when I would be in public because I I know when they would look at me, what they would be thinking or saying. And, you know, it was... um, it was not a happy time, but walking around when I was losing weight was like, I'm looking better and better every day. So I actually felt really good about myself. Right. And even if people say something to you about your weight, they're saying it as they're giving you the compliment of saying, wow, you're losing weight. It looks good. And that that is a nice you know, slap on the back for like, good job, you know? It was nice. And you know what? I built my social media pretty soon after I started. And it was actually a nice a boost, too, to have... A lot of people saying, oh, my gosh, you've lost all this weight. Like, you know, so it was encouraging. Actually, that is very, very encouraging um, to have people compliment you like that. For me, I I understand this so much because I've, you know, been fit. I've been fat. I've been fit. I've been fat again. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I go up and down, up and down. And I know at one point I'll I'll conquer it, you know, and I, I think that for me it was this. It still is this mental journey. It's not about how much food I put in my mouth. It's, I mean, of course it is, but it's about my associations with food, like we said, and and the emotional um, and mental things that go into my health. What I find so interesting about your journey is that you really didn't let yourself fall back into old habits. And by continuing the grind and doing what you did, all in for 14 months. I mean, you went from, I hope this isn't offensive, but you went from a severely obese man to like a health and fitness model. I mean, you're ripped. And and I'm not just saying that. He recently won a gold gym like challenge. And I mean, so how does that feel to like look and say, oh my gosh, this is the guy that I was for so many years. And now here I am. And people think of me as like, a fitness model. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, actually, that's uh, <laughs> it's really nice, actually, because I've I've had times when um, friends have contacted me, say, "Hey, I saw you on a fitness magazine here in Finland or something." I mean, <laughs> it's so cool. Golds actually flew me out to Dallas, and I did model and I did a commercial for them, um, and it felt really good because in, when I was four hundred pounds, I never thought, "Oh." I'll be a fitness model. Right. That was the last thing on my mind. Of course. <laughs> you were just trying to walk across the parking lot. You know? Definitely. <laughs> actually, the funny thing is when you were 400 pounds, you were probably so exhausted, but the thing you were probably planning was your next meal. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing that when I'm at my heaviest and I have no energy to do anything, I'll still have the energy to figure out how I'm going to eat and get what I want. Yep. Isn't that incredible? So, yeah, so from from that, you know, 400-pound guy who's struggling to to walk to here I am being flown to Dallas at Gold's Gym as a fitness model. I mean, it is really incredible. You know, I'm sure you get slammed with people. You have a big social media following. I'm sure people are constantly asking you, like, for advice and questions. And if you had to, like, narrow it down for someone— if, you know, someone's really struggling with weight and they're really struggling with, you know, health issues, what is what is the, the best piece of advice you can give to them? I'd probably say that um, you have to start with trying to create a um, healthy lifestyle program. So food, food you like that's also healthy at the same time, because we all have that. Uh, we might like, you know, broccoli, right? But we hate uh, asparagus. Or maybe we hate cauliflower. You don't have to eat vegetables just because they're healthy. We all, we all might have some that we like. 
maybe you hate kale. A lot of people do. So right. don't eat kale. Yeah. Don't force yourself to eat kale. Um, just find foods that are healthy that you actually will enjoy eating. Then add some flavor. So maybe you like spicy. Good. Spicy has nothing bad in it. There's no fat or carbs. And, and you know, you can right. add spice to anything, hot sauce or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it'll add flavor to food. Uh, maybe you like tangy. So there's lemony, herby kind of, you know, seasonings or dressings that you can come up with. So just be more... Um, creative. Cre- yeah. Yeah, be creative. Exactly. Be creative with your food. Because I think that's a lot of people, the thought of going on a diet and having to eat, you know, boneless, skinless chicken breast and steamed vegetables every day makes them want to cry. <laughs> you know, it's like, who wants to do that? I mean, unless you're trying to, you know be a bodybuilder in your final weeks or something, I would not advise um, steamed vegetables with no oil or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, the whole time I was having oil in my food. It's, of not, it's not like it was grilled dry or anything. No, you, need, you need good fats. They're yeah. important. But everything in balance, yeah. you know, it wasn't extremely oily or greasy, you know, and I had carbs, but I didn't have a lot of carbs. Right. So I had a little bit, just you enough. You found the balance and yeah. then what worked for you. Absolutely. And, and so what do you think about the whole... 90% what you eat and 10% what you do. What do you think about the balance between exercise and and the diet? Because a lot of people find a struggle in doing both. They can diet and, and watch what they eat and, and go all in on that, but they don't do the gym thing or they don't exercise. There's a lot of people that have no problem going to the gym and exercising and think that it's okay for them to eat whatever they want because they went to the gym. So what do you think the balance is for that? Because clearly... You did both. I mean, you don't go from 400 pounds to ripped abs and bulging muscles from, you know, sitting and just eating diet food. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like food is what would help you lose weight. But in order to get muscle mass, you definitely need to work out. So I wouldn't have had abs. In fact, I probably would, would have had loose hanging skin all over my body. Right. Everywhere every single place if all I did was just eat healthy the entire time. Yeah. Also, when you lift weights, for example, which is what I was doing, um, it actually increases your metabolic rate. Your basal metabolic rate goes up, which is basically how many calories you burn at rest. Yeah. So it can actually help you uh, burn more fat all day, every day, um, which is just going to intensify your efforts. So if it took me 14 months, let's say, to lose 200 pounds, it probably would have taken me closer to two years if I wasn't really doing, you know, weightlifting. So do you think that people, a lot of people think I'm too old or, you know, oh, this is the way it is, or my metabolism is done, you know, can anybody at any age, do you think, really get their life under control? Can they, can their metabolism rebound? Can their body rebound? Like, what, what do you think about that? Absolutely. One of my um, oldest clients, I'm actually a personal trainer. One of my oldest clients is in her 60s. So she's got uh, the age going against her. She's a female. A lot of people say females can't lose weight as fast as males. So she's both of those. And she lost 100 pounds already. And we've been at it since um, last year, November, I believe. So it hasn't even been that long. Wow. That's amazing. Go her. Tell her I said, good job. (laughs) Give her a pat on the back for me. Definitely. And, um, you know, I've had a uh, multitude of different kinds of um, clients, old, young. And at the end of the day, it's a small difference. Yes, there definitely is a difference. Like in men, you lose testosterone every year after 30, right? When you work out your legs, um, you actually increase your levels of testosterone by 30% for the next few days after you worked out your legs. You do it twice a week. You keep your levels up. 
still won't be as high as when you were you know, 30, but right. um, it's still maybe a big boost. Right, but it's still a boost and it's helping you regain momentum in your body. Definitely. I hope that people listening hear the point of this whole um, interview, and it's that by taking control of your life and deciding to work on you, you can achieve the results that you want, right? Definitely. And more more importantly than achieving the cosmetic results, it's taking care of what's ultimately the most important, and it's your health. You know, at one point I was asked um, if I love myself, and I never really knew what that meant until I actually did. Mm. And I feel like I do now because I do a lot of things for me right. that I didn't used to do. And I feel like this transformation was for me. And I feel like it did, didn't just change me physically. It changed me mentally. And as a person, I'm very, very different than what I was like three, four years ago. And I'm sure you can't say that the changes were negative at all. Absolutely not. In this podcast, it's a, it's a big theme about learning to love yourself. And it's what my book is about. And no matter who comes here to record, it usually comes up. Because it's one of the hardest things to learn is how to love yourself, but it's also the most important thing you can do um, by loving yourself. And I say this all the time, so I'm sure listeners are sick of hearing it, but (laughs) the more you learn to love yourself, the better you are for you, the better you are for your family, your friends, and the world around you. And and that's, you know, the point of the journey for me. Um, And I think that by being happy with what you've done with yourself and being happy with the outside of you and hopefully getting the outside to match what you want the inside to be. It certainly makes that um, learning to love yourself a lot easier. Definitely does. Tell us about what you're doing now and how people find out more about you. Okay. Well, I actually have a uh, personal training company called From Obese to Beast. The website is fromobesetobeast.com. And I started that after I lost all of my weight because I realized I really wanted to share my knowledge and what I've done with other people. And um, I I specifically wanted to reach out to morbidly obese people, which is why the name of the company is From Obese to Beast. But I help anybody. I mean, I just enjoy it. I enjoy sharing my knowledge. So whether they have 10 pounds to lose or 100 pounds to lose, I'm still there for them. Um, And um, I even have um, some Facebook groups where I provide free advice and things like that, too. So it's not just really just about me trying to make money. Like I'm out there really, I just want to help people. Which is Um, amazing. And I think that a lot of people, when they go to a trainer, they, they go to get help from someone and they know they've always been these fitness gurus. It's hard to think that they understand you or they know what you've gone through. So it's amazing that when people go to you, they know you get it. And that is, that is really awesome. So if people want to, you know, work with you or find out more, how do they find you? Where, where do they get in touch? Uh, they can go to fromobesetobeast.com and um, they can go on the website, check it out, or they can email me, adam at fromobesetobeast.com. I also have a meal prep company recently launched uh, five months ago because I realized one, one of the things people struggled with was food. Yeah. So I created a meal program and it's called muscleupmeals.com. And we actually produce the food at a commercial um, kitchen in Pasadena. Nice. Yeah. And um, that's muscleupmeals.com. Basically, it's healthy lifestyle food. So it's centered around what I did when I lost weight. So it's yummy food, not, right. not bland, you know, bland, boring, uh, plain food. It's very, very yummy. Everything's got flavor. Every dish does. Um, and uh, the portions are uh, perfectly balanced. You know, everything is, is as it should be. 
Excellent. All right. Well, I'll make sure I put all that um, information up for people, too, so they know to go to fromobesetobeast.com and muscleupmeals.com. Also, they can follow you on social media at um, – what? where do they follow – how do they follow you? Well, my, I have a fitness Instagram, which is um, at fromobesetobeast. Um, and then I have a um, a muscleupmeals Instagram, which is at muscleupmeal, singular. I'll put them up on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah. And speaking of Facebook, I've got that too. So Okay, great. You are amazing. I think that your story is amazing. Your energy is amazing. You're such a nice guy. Um, I, I think that you are really going to do some great things in this world. And before I let you go, though, I have a couple questions that I always ask all of our guests. So I'm going to sure. I'm gonna hit, you, hit you with them. So Go for it. All right. So first question. Tell me about a time in your life that you failed or screwed up and how you think about that time today. Okay. Well, I, earlier I mentioned how I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. Um, but I decided to start a limousine company at one point. And um, it was actually going really, really well. And I didn't really see the recession coming. I wasn't keeping up with the Financial Times. Whatever it was, I decided to expand to Atlanta. And I spent a lot of money uh, building this new branch of the company. And the recession came in like right as I was doing that. <laughs> and then um, Uber launched, which, you know, only made things a little bit worse. Right, that kind of put the, sealed your fate. Definitely. And I was going from the point where I didn't really have to um, work in the office much or do, you know, much of that stuff. I had a, you know, huge company, lots of people, to having to do a lot of things myself again. I backtracked a lot. Right. Um, I decided to close the business, which is probably one of the best decisions I made in my life, to be completely honest. But at the time, you probably were devastated. I was. Right. Absolutely. So I was the, very devastated. Because I worked very, example. very hard. I worked very hard to get the company to where it was. I mean, I, I grew it from nothing. Like, I started with, say, $10,000, bought one car, yeah. um, to I was doing $2.5 million in revenue the last year before the recession. Wow. And it was all through online marketing that I did. Well, I mean, this is the perfect example of what we're talking about. It's something that you think is a big failure at the time. And now you think, well, man, if I still had that limo company, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. And this is where I'm supposed to be. I'd probably right. still be 400 pounds because to be completely honest, there's no time I could have the phone off at all, ever. Yeah. If I did, I could lose thousands of dollars. Right. Interesting. Well, that's a, that's a good one. And I think it's a very good thing for people to remember that those things at the moment that you think are so awful or so such failures... Most times you look back and think, oh, thank God that happened because it got you to where you are today. All right. Number two, your perfect day is exploring a city, laying on a beach, climbing a mountain, or building a snowman. Hmm. Building a snowman. Nice. You're the, the second person in a row that said building a <laughs> snowman. I didn't think anybody would like that one. You know, I feel that life is so complex. It has so many moving parts. We're so busy every day. We're always doing things all the time. There's always something to do. Building a snowman is fun, and you're not really doing anything else. You're just sitting there building a snowman. It sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, one of the best times that I've had recently, and I've traveled a lot. I've gone to a lot of places. But one of my favorite places is the coast of Oregon. Why? Nothing really happens. It's very calm. All I did was fly kites and put out bonfires. And honestly, I had the best time I've had anywhere. It's gorgeous. I was just there, too, on my book tour. I did the, um, I went from Portland over to the coast where like below Astoria and all that. Oh my gosh. It oh, was yeah. so gorgeous. Very much so. Loved it. Loved it. Well, so it sounds like you do like a beach day too. So <laughs> we're going to throw that one in there also. All right. Now the most important question of all, 
what is your favorite theme song? It's a good question, actually. How about, I'm trying to remember the name of this one. What show is it from? Mm, it goes, do, 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 do. Green Acres. Yeah, Green All Acres. Right. <laughs> Green Acres is, is the place to be. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I actually it came on Netflix not too long ago, Netflix, and I turned it on one night, and I ended up watching like eight episodes in a row because it's, you know, kind of a silly show. But man, the theme song is great. It is, isn't it? <laughs> you yeah. Have to watch it. Even though I haven't, <laughs> even though I haven't watched it in ages, yeah. I still remember it. Yeah. Well, that's a, <laughs> it's a really good one. So, well, thank you so much, Adam. You are amazing, and I wish you continued success. And I know you're going to help a ton of people. And thank you so much for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. One last thing before I go. Monday is my cousin Rachel's birthday, and I just wanted to give a big shout out to her, not only because I love her immensely, but because she has been one of the biggest supporters of me and this podcast. She often sends me little messages or calls and tells me about things she found funny, what guests she likes, or how bad my accent was coming through in a particular episode. Just knowing she is listening every week and supporting me like that is one of those things that really touches my heart and makes me feel great. So Rachel, I hope you have the most amazing birthday ever and know that I love and appreciate you so much. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, make sure to hit subscribe and rate, review us, and follow along on social media at LLTF the podcast. I absolutely love getting to this podcast. It is so much fun and want to be able to continue doing it for a long time to come. But it takes a lot of time and money, and that's where you come in. If you think you'd like to donate, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash LLTF the podcast or you can donate via Venmo at LLTF the podcast. Just give me that countryside. New York is where I'd rather stay. I get allergic smelling hay. I just adore a penthouse view. Darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue. The chores. The stores. Fresh air. Times Square. You are my wife. Goodbye. Green 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 Green